Today, we look at Casey Sezikis' season and what lies ahead for the Islanders' fourth-line center, and we begin our look at prospects the Islanders may be interested in drafting with a Russian forward who's got an amazing skill set. All this and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and being part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings throughout a pivotal and busy offseason from trade rumors, the draft, free agency, everything happening to your New York Islanders between now and the start of training camp. We'll have it for you here on Locked on Islanders. We're going to start today's show with a look at Casey Sezikis. And Zeke, again, the center of the identity line, coming off uh, a season where he had, you know, a pretty productive year. He tied for the most goals he had since 2018-2019 when he had a career-high 20. He had 10 goals, only 6 assists, for 16 points in 74 games, he had a minus 3, plus minus, and 48 penalty minutes, which, by the way, were a career high for Casey Sezikis. One of his goals was shorthanded. Three were game winners, and Sezikis, uh, overall, only 91 shots on goal in 74 games. Look, Casey Sezikis is... Very, very valuable to this team. Number one, one of the little things he does so well, he'll kill penalties, he will uh, take big face-offs and win them more often than not. Average 13 minutes, 45 seconds of ice time per game. Good in his own zone, 138 hits this year, roughly two per game. And has that ability every once in a while 
to go out there and give you something offensively that you're not expecting. He He's not consistently good offensively, but he'll show flashes, and he does tend to be a little bit clutch. He's great in the locker room, provides leadership, and he is more the sort of the, the heart and soul of that identity line. And as that heart and soul kind of guy, he adds a lot to the mix. So to me, you know, for Casey Sezekis, a little disappointing that he only had six assists. Obviously, Cal Clutterbuck missed some time. Matt Martin missed some time at the beginning of the season. Clutterbuck missed the end of the season. Uh, Sezekis, you know, had to deal with his own situation and missed eight games for various reasons, whether it was COVID or injuries or what have you. So there was that sort of inconsistency as to who his line mates were going to be and and just some of the situations that he faced. But overall, Sezekis continues to be one of the better fourth-line centers in the National Hockey League. And Look, he turned 31 in February. He still probably has a few quality years left before age starts to catch up with him. So Casey Sezekis going to probably be back with the Islanders again next year. Probably going to again center that fourth line. And whether it's uh, Martin and Clutterbuck on either side of him whether uh, one of those players gets traded, whether or not you end up adding uh, a player, uh, whether Ross Johnston, for example, steps up and takes over, all of those things are very possible. So, uh, But to me, Casey Sezek is still a solid contributor on the fourth line, does all those little intangible things well, sticks up for his teammates, uh, he's the kind of guy who, if you're not an Islander fan, you're not necessarily going to be familiar with him and not going to sort of know a lot about him. But if you watch the Islanders on a game-in and game-out basis, you'll understand the contributions of a guy like Casey Sezekis. Now, again, his best season came in 2018-2019 when he had 20 goals and 33 points. He only had half that, both in goals and in assists. Ten, you know, 10 goals, 16 points. He can do a little bit better. And I think the issue is keeping continuity going on this team. His shooting percentage still fairly healthy at 11%. And he had 147 shots attempted this year, which essentially is two-shot attempts per game. Uh, and, you know, not, not terrible and about, you know, maybe 60% of them end up on net. So Sezik is still getting the job done for the Islanders and he should continue to get that job done next year, probably a year after that. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's untouchable this off season and Lou Lamorello has some, uh, you know, things to figure out. But I I think Lane Lambert is going to want to continue to have the leadership and the intangibles and the defense and the face-offs, all those little things that Casey Sezegis brings to the table. 
We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. When we return, we will take a look at our first possible draft prospect that the Islanders may select, uh, an offensive forward from Russia. So we'll break that down. And we will take a look back. 50 years ago yesterday is the anniversary of the Islanders' expansion draft. So instead of the Islanders' birthday of the day, we're going to look back at the expansion draft, what the Islanders got, what they didn't get, all that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? Well, what about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you you could have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. Just 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's Caramel Brownie Bar in a heartbeat. And the best part, Caramel Brownie Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for real. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. And all of Built's bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more effectively and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons you should try Built Bars, but for now, let's just say that Caramel Brownie will rock your world, and that's not an understatement. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you can get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a little survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and thanks for your help. So let's turn our attention to the draft. We've been previewing recently that we are going to start looking at some of the players that the Islanders may look to draft. Now, the Islanders have the 13th pick, so we are going to look at some players who could be available with that 13th overall selection. And today, we're going to start off with uh, Danila Yurov. He is a right wing, shoots left-handed, and uh, hard to believe this kid is still only 18 years old. Six foot one, 180 pounds. So he's got good height, still needs, like most 18-year-olds, to put on a little weight and grow into his body. But this kid's skill set is very, very impressive. And here's the thing, that he's sort of in a little bit of a bind. He was a dominant player uh, internationally, and he, when playing against kids his own age, he has been absolutely outstanding. But the last two seasons, he's been in the KHL, playing against adults. 
And he's been on one of the better teams in the KHL, which means he hasn't been getting a lot of ice time. He played 21 games last year, had two penalty minutes, no points, added 19 more games in the playoffs. But again, anytime he has played against his peers, he has done absolutely outstanding and his skill set is great. He is a good skater. He's got nice speed. He has good vision with the puck, very good with good and go, a uh, give and go situations and his shot is hard and he does get it off quickly. Now, he does need to uh work on a few things. There's no question about that and you know, one of the things he does need to work on uh, is his physicality. He is not the most physical player in the world, but he is tenacious defensively, and that's something that will definitely help the New York Islanders. And he is willing to force opposing players to cough up the puck, so there's tenacity there. And he is good at killing penalties, which is a role... When, he, when you're in the KHL and you're the youngest guy on the team, that's a role he's going to get. He's a good skater uh, and really knows how to stick handle and, and move around defenders who are trying to take the puck away from him. One of the uh, scouting reports that I read about him uh, compares him to Troy Terry, if they were going to compare him to uh, any NHL player of the Anaheim Ducks. So... Not a bad comparison. In Russia's Junior League, he was a point-a-game guy. Had, uh, at the Under-18 World Championships, played seven games, had 11 points. So, again, uh, going up against kids his own age, Yurov is, he has shined statistically and shown off his skills. But going up against adults the last two years in the KHL, less ice time, and certainly the numbers are not there. So if you project him forward and he can put on a little bit of size to go along with that six foot one inch frame and you keep developing the skill set, the fact that he kills penalties and, and causes turnovers as well as skating so well and having a dangerous shot, all of that adds up to the kind of player who can both fit into the Islanders' system overall and yet can also help, uh, you know, give the Islanders some of that dynamic offense that they're lacking. Now, again, there's another issue that you have to consider with Yurov and with all Russian players. We know about the political situation right now in Russia with the war going on in Ukraine. There are questions in some organizations' mind as to whether or not Russian hockey players will be able to come over here and get a visa to play in North America. So, uh, so far there hasn't been any difficulty, but depending on what happens with this war and how things play out politically, this is something that could become an option. And again, the Islanders have to sort of figure that out. And then there is always the issue of... Would he come to North America or would he prefer to stay in the KHL? What's better for his development? Playing in the wider rink of the KHL against 
adults or going down to the AHL and playing for Bridgeport uh, against younger mostly players, you know, the KHL or the AHL, which is a better league and which helps develop a player more for playing in the NHL, that remains to be seen. And again, different organizations sort of have different takes on that. But overall, Yurov has the skills you're looking for. So keep an eye on winger Danila Yurov. He is the first player that we're discussing as a possibility for the New York Islanders to take in this year's uh, NHL draft with that 13th pick. By the way, uh, just wanted to make a quick correction and thank you uh, to Matt who emailed me on this. Uh, as far as uh, Cal Clutterbuck is concerned, uh, I mentioned on the podcast he had signed an extension to clarify it's not a one-year extension, it's a two-year extension. Zach Parise's extension signed the same day was one year. So just wanted to clear that up and thank you, Matt, for pointing that out. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Yesterday, June 6th, was the 50th anniversary of the Islanders expansion draft. We're going to look back at that, talk about some of the players the Islanders got and what happened to them and who contributed to the team's overall success. All that more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So June 6th, 1972, 50 years ago yesterday, was the Islanders' expansion draft. And the Islanders and the Atlanta Flames, now the Calgary Flames, uh, each got to select 20 players, two goalies, 18 skaters. Each NHL team was able to protect 19 players, two goalies and 17 skaters, uh, for that draft. So... The Islanders ended up losing the uh, coin toss. And in the expansion draft, the Flames went first. But the Islanders got the first pick in the entry draft. They took, by the way, Billy Harris on that. But in the expansion draft, the goalies went first. And the first player the Islanders took was Jerry Desjardins, who was... uh, predominantly the starter for the first two seasons in Islanders history. And then with the fourth overall pick, but the Islanders' second pick, they went with goalie Billy Smith. Smith, one of the few players taken in an expansion draft who ended up in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Billy Smith, selected from the LA Kings, ended up playing 675 regular season games with the Islanders and was the goalie who led them to four straight Stanley Cups. So that was very, very important. Now, here's the other thing. Usually in an expansion draft situation, you're going to draft 20 players and they're all going to, you know, at least be in your organization. Well, a bunch of players the Islanders took, some of whom were quite talented, ended up leaving and signing with the WHA, which was a rival league to the NHL that started play in 1972-73, the same year as the Islanders. In fact, uh, the creation of the WHA 
was one of the reasons that the NHL put a team on Long Island to fill in and, and claim that new building, the Nassau Coliseum, as that home for the expansion team and keeping the WHA from establishing a team there. So seven players that the Islanders drafted, Larry Horning, Gary Peters, John Shella, Ted Taylor, Bart Crashley, Ted Hampson, and Norm Ferguson, they never played a game as Islanders. They went straight to the WHA, signed with them, and, you know, Hampson could, you know, easily score 30 goals. Ferguson had a 30-goal season. Uh, you know, Horning was a, and Crashley were solid defensemen. So immediately, you're losing a lot of the talent that you would have had uh, when it comes to your first season. And one of the reasons the Islanders only won 12 out of 78 games their first year in the league was because they lost seven of their players to the uh, WHA, and that prevented them from having as deep of a roster in year one. Now, some of the players that went on to uh, do some important things with the Islanders, Jerry Hart, for example, uh, the defenseman who was drafted uh, in the expansion draft and ended up participating and being with the Islanders for 476 games, was a steady defensive defenseman. They took him from the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and their first captain, Ed Westfall, selected from the Bruins, ended up being an Islander through the 78-79 season, relinquished the captaincy a year before that. But Ed Westfall was a huge part of the early Islanders teams. He had just won his second Stanley Cup in three years with the Bruins, with Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito and, and all those guys, and gave the Islanders experience, leadership, and just the, the, you know, the ability to have a player on their roster who had won a couple of cups and, and knew what it took to be a winner in this league. Brian Spinner Spencer, who was one of the most popular Islanders in year one, selected from the Toronto Maple Leafs. He ended up being an Islander for about a year and a half. Uh, Craig Cameron was a big uh, contributor to the Islanders. Ken Murray played uh, only 39 games with the Islanders, but was a steady defenseman. And Bill Mickelson, who was with the Islanders throughout that first season and then was selected by the Washington Capitals in the expansion draft uh, two years later and set the record for the all-time worst plus-minus uh, in NHL history, going from a 12-win team in 78 games with the uh, original Islanders to an 8-win team in 80 games with the original Washington Capitals. Terry Crisp who was our Islanders' birthday of the day a week or two ago. Uh, he was selected from the St. Louis Blues, ended up getting traded to the Flyers, won some cups with Philadelphia, but the Islanders got the late Jean Potvin, and that helped Dennis Potvin come to the island. So Bill Torrey, the Hall of Fame general manager, um, made these selections, and the Islanders had their roster stocked 
and ready to compete uh, even if they did lose seven key players in the uh, to the WHA before they even took to the ice. So for the New York Islanders, this is a, a, a big milestone in history. So we decided to do that uh, before or instead of our Islanders birthday of the day today and uh, to get a Hall of Famer like Billy Smith in the expansion draft, pretty close to unheard of. And the Islanders did that. Tomorrow, we will continue our player-by-player look at the Islanders roster. We will uh, turn our attention uh, to the to Ross Johnston and talk about what he adds to the team. Plus, we will continue looking at draft picks, some players the Islanders may be interested in choosing. And that's always uh, exciting as the draft is getting closer and closer. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.